What's up, guys, and welcome to an episode of In the Name of DGAF, and this is my motherfucking podcast. Hello, and welcome. Welcome to the Superdome. Superdome, Superdome. Welcome to the Superdome. Gonna show you the way. Follow me, and together we'll pray that you one day. Alright, listen, people. This is what I've been thinking. I've been thinking that a lot I see a lot of these people with these force vector fucking vertical shin bullshit and all I got to say about that we, I don't want to get too much into lower body mechanics today with this with this uh rant however just know that I know that that is I wash that you do not need to keep a low closed lower half uh you do not need to vertically uh load the shin and the glutes never fire because they're stabilizer muscles and your hips will never rotate fast enough to even matter. That's my hypothesis. That's my thesis. And I don't really give a fuck if I'm right or wrong. That's just my observation from trial and error. Maybe it's because I'm salty because I can't fire my hips open and be all hypermobile like some of these throwers. Who knows? And who really gives a flying fuck? Because it's either nasty, and it either went where it's supposed to go, or it didn't. That's the main objective. So, anyways, um, my rant for today is how lifting... Uh, well, I don't want to get into the upper body lifting, but for now, I think that lifting... Well, actually, no. I think that lifting is eyewash, um... Because if you really think about that, now, now, I'm not saying don't lift. I'm saying that it's not necessary. I mean, I started thinking about boxers. I think, okay, what what is something that is more closely related to what we're doing as baseball players, rotational athletes, and, and throwers specifically? Well, I mean, hitting uh, this hit, you know, relates to that too, but for throwing... Some boxers, you know, when they start at a really young age, they don't really, the only lower body, um, you know, a lot of them don't really lift um, weights. Some of them don't lift at all. I mean, Mike Tyson didn't lift until he got to prison. Uh, running, you know, a lot of running, a lot of jump rope, which is, you know, strengthening the feet. A lot of heavy bag work, a lot of speed bag work, a lot of, a lot of shadow boxing, a lot of technique work. Basically, they're spending so many hours, so many reps on technique and skill and precision and becoming masters at their sport. And through that comes strengthening of the muscles that are important in that sport and that movements and those movements. Um, so what I'm saying is, is a lot of people are mistaken weightlifting for strength. No, I'm not saying don't be strong. I'm saying we need to be more specifically strong. I'm I'm arguing that we could we could gain a shit ton of strength through plyometrics, uh, through plyo constraint uh, drills and throwing plyo balls, four pound balls, two ounce balls, um, running throws, max distance throws. 
Um, I think that all the, all that stuff is sufficient, efficient enough, and sufficient enough to uh, develop um, specific strength for what we're doing. Um, I just don't think that spending two hours a day in the weight room is really that beneficial. I don't think there is a direct carryover. I think that if you're more of an elite thrower and you're, you know, all into the Olympic lifts and Russian shit and crazy crap and, you know, block training, all this other periodization and all this other stuff and you have a really genius trainer on your side, then I think that, you know, that could be beneficial. Um, but I think that we missed the mark and this is how we missed the mark is, you know, uh, for instance, and this is just my bro, bro science, you know, and I don't give a fuck if I'm, if I'm right or wrong. So don't come at me with I'm right or wrong and take it or leave it. You know, it's either, it's either this may, <laughs> this is just what I've been thinking, uh, the last couple of days. Um, is that like, for instance, let's take somebody that just naturally th- is a good thrower, is a good pitcher doesn't has no background in lifting whatsoever but has always been a great thrower throws you know pretty fast or whatever their velo numbers are good and then you throw them under a squat rack and under a bench press and some deadlifts and they get stronger and then everything improves so we automatically give the credit to the weightlifting is that equal since they started doing that since they lifted, their numbers went. Their numbers got better. They become a better pitcher, better athlete. However, we forgot um, to realize that this pitcher was already good. Already knew how to throw fast with what they already had, and any added strength to what they had is going to um, have a very positive impact on the overall. Now. The problem is, is that if some jabroni who has terrible feel can can't throw for shit, um, and is attempting to uh, go down this road, um, don't know why, but it's attempting to go down this professional baseball road or you know college or what what have you, um, and they don't have a good feel, they have their timings off, you know, they've never really. Uh, develop the ability to throw the ball really well. Um, you throw them under. You throw them into the gym for an hour to two hours. Um, it's not going to have the same effect. It doesn't directly carry over. They have to learn how to throw. They have to learn all these different things that the other athlete already had. So the lifting doesn't really do anything. Uh, especially some of these guys are already strong enough. Um, I, I just think that it would make a lot more sense and speed up the process if I, if I was dealing with a 20 year old kid that doesn't throw very fast, is moderately athletic and is, um, generally kind of strong. Um, I think that it would be way more, uh, beneficial to be spending all that training economy on as much throwing as possible, as much rotational med ball throwing, much Kaiser rotational pulls, um, as much overload, underload um, throwing from, you know, stationary positions. I I would even eliminate a lot of momentum throws. I mean, I would do that as a training stimulus, but you got to understand, 
these guys have horrible timing. And then what do they do? They spend hours and hours and days and weeks on developing these timing mechanisms for momentum throws. And then they get really good at that. Then you put them on the mound and then here comes another uphill battle because they suck at that. Uh, they got really good at the momentum throws and now they got to get really good at that. So if I was already 20, which is dog years in baseball, so we're old as fuck already. And if you were at that starting point, I would, you know, look at things that actually matter. Um, I don't think spending two hours in the weight room is really the answer. I mean, it could be a answer. I was just thinking that you know, some of these elite boxers are getting stronger with the sport specific and with body weight stuff and becoming ferocious animals. Uh, you know, some of them may be roided up or whatever. But anyways, these are my thoughts. I mean, and I, I've done plyometrics and the, some of the strongest, uh, you know, seasons or off seasons of my life have come when a lot of just body work, shock training, shock method, impulse training. And it's specifically strong. I'm super athletic. I feel like I have springs for in my joints. I feel like I throw the piss out of the ball. Um, not necessarily. I don't feel like I can necessarily throw the ball really far, uh, or or lift a lot of weight in these uh, times. But I do feel very in sync, very explosive, very fast um, for throwing off the mound. Um, I kind of feel like that right now, to be honest with you. But anyways, I was thinking about this. See, a lot of guys, you know, they they see somebody who's a big leaguer, somebody who throws really well, and then they see them spending two hours in the gym, and they fail to miss the mark that they were already good at throwing, and then you just slap any amount of strength on them. They're going to get – their numbers will improve. But if you suck at throwing and, and you're weak, well – you got to figure out ways to cut time down and the best way to do it is you got to learn how to crawl before you walk and before you run you got to learn how to walk whatever so my point is is that i think weightlifting is overrated i think that uh certain plyometrics and calisthenics um and specific throwing is actually more beneficial i think that you know michael johnson the sprinter never lifted ever hated it fucking hated it. He jacked as fuck you know all he did was bounding plyometrics and sprint work i think he might have they some you know one of his strength coaches might have got him in the weight room or something like that i was reading um a while ago but um you know it was really ugly form like you know that's not what's making him a freak on the track uh, besides the wind stroll obviously you know, don't forget the windstroll. Um, but as far as throwing goes, you know, you know, and I'm just looking at, you know, I don't know too too much in depth, but I mean, we used to make fun of Trevor Bauer for not lifting that much, but he threw better than all of us. Uh, and uh, you know, he's he lifts now, but um, he's not weak though. He could deadlift for. 405 plus for multiple reps i believe it was you know eccentric or you know isometric or whatever the fuck these uh fancy words are um and um that's my point is that you just need to be strong um and i'm sure that's helped him be more durable and whatnot but was it the weightlifting or was it the attention to getting stronger 
that's the part that kind of got me domed up uh, the other day. And then for me, I never deadlifted once ever up until 27 years old. So I see a lot of people saying, oh, you got to deadlift. Well, do you really? Because the first time I ever deadlifted, I think I pulled 405 for 8 or 10. I mean, obviously my form was probably due to caca, but the fact that I could do it is what mattered. Not that I actually interact in the in the in the lift deadlifting itself it was more that i was strong enough to do it if i needed to um and i think that's my point my point is strength matters speed matters how you get how you do it how you get it doesn't really fucking matter um i think that overall athleticism timing rhythm um, and that kind of strength specific to the rot- type of rotation you're going to be doing as an athlete, as a baseball player, changing directions, cutting, um, you know, um, stopping abruptly. I think that is what matters the most. And, you know, uh, if I could do it over again, I would have put a lot more. Well, I am doing it over again, actually. Um, and also, I'm not going to lie. I fucking hate fucking squatting. Um I I did get ass to grass accomplished that, but I, I I might also be biased because I can't fucking stand um, tweaking my back and fucking my shit up, uh, you know, just to squat heavy. But it doesn't really have a carryover. I'm telling you, I mean, I probably hit a threshold of you know what I was capable of doing. But spending two hours in the weight room and then you know another hour and a half on on you know other types of throwing when my main objective is to throw as fast as I can off the mound with a five ounce ball I think at a certain point you gotta start specializing you gotta you know know when to pivot off of uh overdoing the weightlifting overdoing the running throws overdoing constraint drills I think that those those all have a place um but at a certain point you gotta know when to go all in on the specifics and I and I think that more rotational stuff and i'm and i'm really thinking and really feeling that if i had a test and i used to say this a long time ago that if we took two people and we atrophied one group's upper body they weren't allowed to lift with the upper body at all weren't even allowed to throw for like six weeks and all they or you may longer and all they did was lift their lower body and do lower body drill work and constraint work. And we took another group, and all we did was atrophy their legs. They weren't allowed to lift legs at all, but all we did was upper body strength and speed and plyometrics, and we compared the two. I guarantee you, I put anything on it that, and I would like to see it. I mean, prove me wrong, somebody, but I'm pretty sure the person that all they've been doing is plyometrics and lifting with the upper body would shit all things equal you know ability to throw and all this i bet you the person that atrophied the legs shits on the person that atrophies the upper body um when when called upon to throw and i'm talking like cold turkey first day throwing the first day picking up a ball the person that was training their upper body shits on the person in the lower body so my point is is that legs are eyewash First of all, your back leg doesn't fire. If you really study some people, it rotates downward 
into the ground and to open up the bottom hip. And then, you know, I didn't want to get into mechanics, but I'm saying the reason why it has to rotate in the first place is because you're standing parallel. Is, is that the most optimal way to throw? No. If it was, javelin would be a whole different fucking sport, okay? Uh, people would look like idiots uh, throwing, fielding a, a ground ball and making a throw to first base. That's not how the body works. Sprint sprinter blocks aren't start. You don't start off sideways. Okay, you start with your hips open already. That is not the optimal way. It's all about rotation. Uh, as the reason why you have to open your hips up is because we're closed off in the starting point. Um, so, you know, anybody can go challenge me on that one. They could say whatever they want. Point. Bottom line is, for most of us you're playing baseball you gotta get sideways so sure you and you do need your hips to get open at a certain point so you know for me i had to cheat hook the rubber because if not i would tear my hip labrums some you got to know who you are if you do not have that mobility quit trying to do that and just throw with your optimal hip to shoulder separation you know, look at Noah Syndergaard, look at Verlander. Not everybody is built the same, but you could still get the same result, whether that be velo or location, whatever. You don't need to look a cookie-cutter way. And then also study some, learn how to punch. Most of you guys are pussies. So learn how to punch. You know, take a boxing course, uh, or not a course, what I'm saying. Go take some boxing lessons um, and and learn how to really throw a, a right hook, a right hand, um, or if you're right-handed, if you're left-handed, the opposite. Um, it's very similar. If you learn how to be quick with that, with that throwing side, you could have a good reference point of how to apply it on the mound. Now, don't go breaking your fucking wrist because uh, Flama told you on a punching bag. Like I said, go to a boxing gym and learn how to get those motor skills going. Um, now, if you already know how to throw really well, then yeah, just fucking just stare at a weight and you're going to get better. But if you suck at throwing, you need to learn how to get smooth. You need to learn how to reconnect with throwing. You need to have it become an automated free-flowing activity. Um, and until then, you're going to struggle because you're going to lift your ass off, you're going to do all these running throws, and then you're going to get up on the mound and you're still going to suck. Um, and it's just because you have so many things you're trying to tackle all at once. You want to get stronger, you want to deadlift all his weight, you want to throw the ball 400 feet, you want to have optimal movement patterns, you want to pull down 100 plus, you want to fucking sit 90 plus on the mound, you want to do front leg bracing, all this shit. Like, man, and, you know, with within like six weeks or some shit, most of you, uh, it's impossible. To do all that all at the same time, you got to do one thing at a time. And the most important thing, I'm telling you, trust me, is learning how to throw smooth. You've been playing baseball since you were four. A lot, turning th- your throwing style into automatic, free-flowing, no-thought, smooth. And most of us already know how to throw. Go ask a little kid to skip a rock in the water. Go ask a kid, little kid to go throw a toilet paper roll into the tree. Okay? 
Go go egg a house. You already know how to throw. What happens? You just bring the egg up right close to your ear, and then everything else takes care of itself. All this trying to control your limbs just really fucks you up. Anyways, this fucking rant was supposed to be how lower half is eyewash, lifting weights is eyewash. That's my that's my final thought. Um, I think I'm going since and I think my brain was going because I was thinking I was reading up about Mike Tyson. Um, I remember a long time ago when I was in the dome, he never lifted weights. Um, they said, "Oh, it's old school. Imagine how good he would have been if he did." Oh, man, maybe he wouldn't. Maybe how how bad would he have been if he did? Because he spent less time hitting the bag and less time sparring. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, again, I used to, you know, we used to all clown on Bauer because he spends more time throwing than he does lifting, but he's the big leaguer and he gets, he's nasty. So, I mean, there's something to it. You know, whatever you do more of, you're going to get better at. So, I'm just saying, if you suck at throwing, Quit spending so much time lifting. I mean, I'm okay if, if that's part of your protocol. Shorten that shit. Get to this the important shit. Once you get check off the box of general strength level, now let's spend a lot. Let's maintain that strength. But the main focus here is let's get good at throwing because you don't got a lot of time. You know, especially if you're already older and you aren't even got a sniff at uh, where you're trying to go. Uh, you don't got time. So. I'm all about shortening the time, getting a better strategy in place. Anyways, that's it. Hi guys, and that is it for In the Name of DGAF today. And I hope you guys got a lot out of it. If you did, I would really be grateful if you went and told everybody you knew about it uh if you know somebody that's yipped up whether it be on the field or off the field and kind of just getting in their own way they're not they're talking the talk but they're not really walking the walk um share share with them an episode that resonates with you listen to it over and over again because repetition is the mother of skill And guys, if you need help with housing in the Seattle area or anywhere else, uh, if you're a baseball player, you need help uh, with housing in season, off season. If I don't own the property, I know the property management company that runs the property and I could help you guys get set up with some flexible um, terms that accommodate the traveling baseball player, the traveling athlete, whatever. Uh, If you guys want to get into real estate, let me know whether that be as an agent um, or an investor and or you just want to talk about it and get your feet wet and kind of wrap your head around what's going on. Let me know. Text me. Have your friends text me if they have the yips or they got anxiety or depression or something like that. I'm here. 818-966-3592. I've been through the ringer. Sleepless nights, sweaty palms, loose loose diarrhea, uh, you name it, man. Uh, I've cried myself to sleep. I've socked myself in the face uh, through frustration uh, all over a little game with a little fucking ball and a little stick. Uh, my grandpa used to make fun of me, say, uh, you know, uh, that all I want to do is play with a little ball and a little stick. Um, but anyways, it's kind of funny now that I've stepped back. Um, but guys, I'm here. Use me as a resource. Um, talk shit, uh, write a horrible review, uh, write a good review. I really don't give a shit. Um, uh, good. Pl- there's no such thing as bad publicity. Anyways, later.